welcome back to the ARM Viewpoints podcast. Today, we want to talk about something that affects not just those of us with a passion for technology, but a topic that affects everyone who uses or relies on any kind of connected digital technology. It's why we're calling this episode Redefining Global Computing Infrastructure, and it's about nothing less than looking at the vital underpinnings of our digital future. As there's so much great stuff to cover, this is a two-part special. In this part, part one, we're going to focus on the latest ARM infrastructure roadmap announcement. Joining me to talk about this is Dermot O'Driscoll, Vice President of Product Solutions from the ARM Infrastructure line of business. His job involves the definition, delivery, and successful deployment of ARM-based products across global infrastructure markets. To do that job, he's become an expert on data center and networking applications and leads the team responsible for ARM's IP and software products in those markets. He works with ARM's silicon partners to support the development of their products. He also engages in customers in the cloud and telecom industries to ensure successful deployment of efficient ARM-based solutions. Welcome, Dermot. Thank you, Jeff. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you today. So we know a little bit about what you do, but let's find out a little bit more about who Dermot really is. We'll start with our lightning round of questions to reveal the inner Dermot. Give us one technology you couldn't live without. So beyond my phone and my, my arm-powered laptop, it would have to be my Garmin watch. I'm a bit of a sports addict. Uh, I work out pretty much every day, and everything gets tracked in there. So um, tracked there, downloaded, uploaded, Strava. Um, anybody who wants to know more about me should probably look for me on Strava. It's my, my, my one and only social media um, addiction. Now tell us about one place you'd love to live in for a year. Oh, gosh, that's a tough one. I love the sea and I love the mountains, um, but I, I guess Colorado would be the place for me. Um, beautiful mountains, uh, great people, um, snow sports, summer sports. Yeah, I, I'd go with Colorado. All right, now I'm going to ask you to fill in the blank. I'm happiest when I've just eaten blank. Paneer tikka masala? <laughs> there we go. That sounds pretty delicious. One thing about you that most people don't know, but would surprise them. So depending on which side of the Atlantic I'm on, I either have my original Irish accent or my adopted Texas accent, uh, which has come from 20 years here. A lot of people don't know that I, I can actually speak the Irish language. Um, I'd say that's something unusual. If price was no object, what would you like to buy? Selfishly, I think I'd love a one wheel. I don't know if you know what those are, Jeff, but those are those little, they're almost like skateboards, but they have a wheel in the middle and you can sort of balance them. Um, I, I, I see people riding those things all the time and think, um, am I too old to learn how to ride one of those? Uh, I'm not that old, but I, I, do, I do worry about the collateral damage of coming off of one. So <laughs> maybe that's what I'd go for. Well, I don't know. That, that looks to me like a unicycle territory, yeah, yeah. but um, maybe it's a little easier than that. Probably requires a little more balance than I have. Yeah. yeah. Well, me too. Me too. And, and, uh, and a really good helmet. So why and how did you first get into technology? So, so my older sister, uh, I'm, I'm one of eight kids, Jeff, and my older sister tells this great story about how she was electrocuted by me um, rewiring her hairdryer um, as, as, as a, I think I was probably seven or eight years old at the time. Um, the the following story to that is I also subsequently almost electrocuted myself trying to fix my parents' stove. So I was definitely a tinkerer. I loved taking things apart, trying to figure out how they worked. Um, usually how to fix them. That was generally my, my, my MO. Um, but yeah, so that, that, you know, that was very basic, obviously, technology. 
but it kind of went from there. Yeah, no, that, that sounds like a, a great uh, kind of kid thing of like, well, what would happen if I plug this into that? I, I was totally, you know, I, I think my parents, um, my, my dad had this very expensive record player. And I, I took all the, the, the speakers of that and I wired them around my house with, you know, cables so that we could have music in every room. You know, this was before there was a Sonos, we had, you know, a switching system that was pretty complicated to figure out, okay, do I want music in the kitchen or do I want it in the living room or where do I want it? So that was, that was totally my game. I, I, I love tinkering and playing with stuff. So what do you love most about technology and what do you love most about ARM? I, I love that technology is unlimited. It opens so many doors. It opened door. It opens doors, you know, every day it, it, I'm fascinated by technology. I have two teenage girls and, um, you know, they're like a lot of teenage kids addicted to their phones and have no idea how it all works. Right. And, and I just love to sort of walk them through the, everything from the software application they're playing with to the operating system that's underneath it, to the hardware facets that it takes to put all that together, to the chip, to all. So that whole like complexity, like it's so cool how complex you know, the, the stack we've been able to build as engineers, um, as technologists, and yet it's also very simple. It's so simple that you can explain it to people, you know, and you can, sometimes it's analogies you're using, but I, but the, the power of technology to enable people to, you know, to do what my kids like to do, which is, you know, watch TikTok, but also to, to change the world, right? You know, just, you know, from automated driving to, you know, how we manage crops, all of that stuff. So to me, technology is the ultimate, um, um, you know, equalizer. It allows us all to, to sort of, you know, lift ourselves up in terms of what's possible. And um, what do I love about ARM? I, I can tell you, um, I've been at ARM over 20 years. Um, and, and the one thing that is fundamental about ARM is sort of the, the can-do attitude of the people who work here. Um, and it's infectious, you know. Um, we have so many partners who come to us, um, and that's a beauty of the ARM model, is just how many, the, the strength of the relationships we have in the ecosystem. You've been involved in the infrastructure line of business for a while, and we've seen increasingly rapid ad adoption of ARM's technology in that time. So what, what's the latest from your team? Yeah, um, I, I have to say it's, it's almost, sometimes I have to pinch myself, Jeff, and the progress we've been making over the last five years. I started working, and there were people before me looking at the infrastructure market at ARM, but we started the first infrastructure line of business concept about six years ago. And at that point, we had very limited market share. We had very limited traction outside of some embedded uh, networking type um, applications. And today, you know, the, the, the contrast of that, and we have every major public cloud deploying ARM, we have every one of them looking at, at significant deployments of ARM. We have a software ecosystem that came from being a, a constant um, topic of conversation with partners as a challenge for us to actually being something that we lead on. Y you know, so we have, we have transitioned from being a very small player with very low likelihood of success to taking on, you know, some of the biggest players in the industry, like, you know, like a competition and, and winning those deployments. That's been, that's been fantastic. So in the spirit of looking forwards, let's talk a little bit more about uh, your recent roadmap announcement, which all sounds pretty exciting. So first of all, why did ARM decide to make 
this roadmap announcement? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Jeff, because in many ways, we don't need to make roadmap announcements, right? You know, we're sort of a, um, you know, in many cases, a secret technology that lies underneath what people in the world experience, right? My kids who are um, running their TikTok or their, you know, their their Instagram are not thinking about who's serving those pages, if they even think of it that way, um, in the cloud. Um but so, so you know, we, we have a very good ex- relationship, an amazing relationship with all of the companies, you know, the, the, the major cloud players and beyond, major networking companies, major, you know, wireless companies. So we have that relationship and we can share our roadmaps with them and we do on a con- consistent and a constant basis. Um, but what we wanted to do with the announcement was to show the, show the world the traction we're making. Right and and the progress that we're making, um, because there is there is a a side of the infrastructure market which is the developer space, right? And the developers need to know that it's it's good for them to be developing on ARM, right? And they don't necessarily see what's happening inside the the walls of a Google or a Microsoft or an Amazon or an Alibaba or any of these companies. So it's important for us to show them that look, this is leading edge performance. This is how we're challenging you know, um, the, the industry actually to do the right thing around performance, around efficiency, around around building a, a better class of product for, for the infrastructure market. So, and, and that, that, that draws people to you, right? So, you know, getting software ecosystems to invest, getting those teams to invest, we have to respect the fact that they're going to do that if it's in their interests. And it's in their interests when they see us with leadership products. Right, right. And, and they see kind of what's coming. And, and, and speaking of what's coming, I, uh, in looking at the recent announcement, it looks like there's some, some great products uh, coming out of that. Well, what are the standout highlights for you? Yeah, so, so we, we announced the, the V2, the Neoverse V2 product. Um, we had that codenamed as Demeter. The, the Neoverse V2 product, um, when compared to our, our V1 class product, um, the performance that we're bringing to the market is, is outstanding. Right. Um, people are people are super excited about it. We have a lot of customers um, pulling for that product um, and actually, you know, helping us design that product. So, you know, what we did with that product is we worked with the, the primary customers in the public cloud and we said, what are the workloads that really matter to you? We, we don't want to build and, and we say this um, quite strongly. We're, we're not building general purpose computing solutions. We're building products targeted to to the to what these cloud native solutions need to be what they need to support them so we take their workloads the applications that they care about and that take up a big percentage of their of their use cases and they share that with us because they know that we will respond to that and we design our processor to target the performance that they need on those applications right we respond to what what those companies tell us they need um, and then we go and we basically test it with them. And, and the feedback on, on the V2 product um, has been super strong, right? And I, I think, I think that, that, you know, that will play out in the market. Um, we, we, we are very careful not to, to talk about what our customers are doing specifically. But that, but that, so that was the first thing. First thing was let's make it something that is specific to what those customers want. Right. Let's make it what they need. Coming back to what I said earlier, I get excited by taking a customer set of requirements, taking the technology we have in house 
bringing those two together and building something that meets that customer's needs. And that's what we've been doing around the V2 product. Um, the second thing is, um, you know, talking about sort of um, how HPC is done, right? So HPC is traditionally very wide floating point units, sort of uh, very, um, uh, therefore, heavy silicon costs and, and, and power costs associated with that and complexity. Um, we wanted to rethink that. We believe there's a better way to do that, a more efficient way to do that, um, and a more efficient way to do that, um, still giving the performance that these companies need, the HPC companies need. So that's what we did with Demeter. We basically said, we want to make sure that we have the right amounts of integer performance for the for the cloud providers on the applications that they care about and push that to the limit. The same with floating point to make sure that the floating point support that the HPC guys need is there too. And beyond that, you know, there, there's obviously a massive development and evolution of computing, and, and it's super disruptive, actually, which is machine learning, right? The, sort of the requirement for um, people to process huge amounts of data in very efficient ways that is, you know, right, increasing at such a hockey stick that traditional computing methods have had to be reinvented. Right. And that's some of what we're looking at with with sort of the support we put into the V2 product is making sure that those machine learning algorithms can be run really, really well on, on that processor. And it, it's a again, it comes from the customers saying what we see in the 2023, 2024 um, workloads and, and applications that we're running is a lot of this type of code. Can you make this type of code run much more efficiently and much better. And, and I use the word efficiently and better a lot, right? Because that, that, is, that is core to what we're doing, right? Is making sure that it's an efficient way of doing it. People can, you can build a bigger processor and there's a lot of people who build bigger processors, um, but we're in a world of constrained energy, right? And, and with, within a world of constrained energy and increasingly expensive energy, um, efficiency really, really matters, and, and it's the core of what we're what we're about. At the announcement, you'd mentioned uh, sixteen different partners were talking about their adoption of the Neoverse. Maybe you could talk a bit more about those partners and what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so, so we have. Um, so, when we were, we were talking about the sixteen partners, we were talking about the Neoverse N two product. That was the product we 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 um, released a couple of years back. Um, and the way the model works, right, for, for the, the, not all the listeners will understand how this works with ARM because we're, we operate differently than, than a traditional semiconductor company does. But we, we release the IP in, yes, it, just say, year N. Our partner takes that, builds a chip, tapes it out somewhere at the end of year N or early in year N plus one, and then they go into production at the end of, of that year N plus one. So there's sort of a one to two year gap sometimes between the technology we announce and the technology that, that our partners are, are delivering. Now, that was a traditional model. <laughs> what we're seeing actually is the acceleration of that. We're seeing customers taking our products and um, very simple example around the V2 product we announced is how soon after that um, NVIDIA were, were basically talking about their product. So it's definitely, that, that timeline is shortening, but the reason I bring up the timeline is um, we have a lot of customer traction with, with N2 and a lot of that is data center, but it goes well beyond data center. Uh, we have traction in the networking um, and DPU space. So um, for, for, for those of us who are, are we, we use the SmartNIC space, but, but you know, there, there's the, that DPU SmartNIC space um, is, is every 
major cloud company is attaching a SmartNIC slash DPU to almost every server. Most of those are now based on ARM-based ARM based processing. So that that allowed, that traction, that, that attach rate has allowed people to get very comfortable with the ARM instruction set. And why that's important to the 16 customers is some of them are building DPUs, some of them are building security devices, some of them are building cloud-based computing, some of them are building 5G wireless base stations. And that breadth of, of the application space for that product line has been has been incredible, right? It's been it's been super successful for us, almost surprisingly. So actually, how many customers have, have have jumped on? But but that's because there's actually real demand for that efficiency of compute. When you're building, give you some simple examples um, to sort of more directly answer your question. When you when you're building a forty or sixty watt um, base station, and you have you know somewhat around thirty you know, 30 to 50% of the power envelope of that base station is dedicated to accelerators or DSPs, you need a very efficient processor to sit next to it to manage the control plane, to manage the operating system. So that that's a very simple example where people are saying, I need this kind of compute, but I need it in this power envelope. Where can I get it from? And they're coming to us because they see the, the legacy of ARM with, with, you know, our power sipping, you know, mobile technology coming into the space with, with just the right level of performance to meet that need. That's one example. Another example is the DPU space I mentioned where most DPUs have about a 75 watt power limit. Uh, they're constrained by PCIe. And, and, and imagine what we would have done with 75 watts, right, at, at a certain point in time, but they're constrained by 75 watts. And they've got a lot of networking support. They're building 200, 400, 800 gig um, network traffic um, management into those DPUs, but they also need control planes. So they're putting out 16, 24 cores of, of our Neoverse N2, um, Neoverse N1, Neoverse N2 into that product. And that allows them to get you know, you know, almost the performance of a server in, in, you know, in that type of, you know, power envelope, which is, you know, if you look back, or actually, if you look even today, at, at the other side of the market, quite often, people are spending 150 to 200 watts, to get that kind of performance that that we can offer in, 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 a, in a much smaller footprint and in a much smaller power envelope. So so those are those are just a couple of the spaces where we're seeing traction around the Neoverse M2 product line. Um, on on the, the V2, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the demand around workload performance um, and specific workloads is is becoming um just very very interesting in our space it's driving it's driving the behavior of these cloud players they they want to get to a certain level of performance that matters and then they need to scale out right what they need what they don't want to do is they don't want to spend 400 500 watts on a very single threaded performance because most of these companies and most software developers have transitioned from what we consider monolithic type software applications to um, to microservices, and, and, and microservices, you know, it's kind of it, it it fits very well with the ARM design philosophy of build just the right level of performance and make it efficient, because at that 
design point, you can scale out as wide as you want, and 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 you don't have you know this 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 very high cost of ownership, um, which which is driven by you know very high very high single thread performance um, demands um, that, that that some of the legacy architectures are driving. Thank you, Dermot. Rejoin our discussion in part two, where we'll take a broader look at ARM's role in the infrastructure market, now and in the future. 